pick it. She lays it off. Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. We're back here on Radio Dub. I think that's the intro I'm going to stick with. We're back. It's simple. It's easy. It works. And you know what? Today when I say we're back, it's not just me and Oscar. It's not me and Miranda Templeman. It's me, Oscar, and Lockie Flanagan. We Lockie. almost end up to a whole Miranda Templeman between us. Yeah, of course. You guys. Imagine, imagine if we got all of the co-hosts of the show in one, one room. We'd be, room. We'd actually be, we'd be struggling. We'd, we'd have to bring struggling. back Josh as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's a revolving door, Pekka, right? Yeah. Maybe you have to look at why do I have so many I, co-hosts? Why do they to, come and go? I th- I'm it's go time to, to turn that in on yourself. Yeah, it's I'm a toxic ch- relationship, <laughs> you and your co-hosts. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm going to check CVs again. I think I need to recheck it and see maybe I need to fire some people. But it's okay. You can come in and temporary, you know. And that's why we come in and out. Exactly. Edge. So, Job security. Well, if, you, if you've been listening to Radio Dove for a while, you hear our intro, we have some great players being mentioned in our intro, but it's only right that we bring those players on. And this week, we are lucky enough to be joined by an excellent co-caller uh, for me, Teresa Polias, and an excellent Must addition nice. to Radio Dove. Oh, okay, I'm just speaking for myself. <laughs> it's great times. <laughs> um, and an excellent addition to uh, Dub Zone on Network 10 Paramount+. Plus. Teresa, thank you for joining us today. How are you? Hey, guys. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Um, yeah, not happy to be here talking, you know, football with you guys. And uh, it's funny, that intro, there weren't many of those uh, highlights. <laughs> you got hold of one of them. <laughs> I think we have to thank Josh Parrish for that because I think Josh was the one who found it. And it's worked. It works. For, it's very distinctive. And yeah. I think the first time I met you, I was like, oh, Teresa, do you remember, do you know which goal this call is from? I don't actually think I know what game it is. Do you know what game it is that calls from? I feel like it was the game against my second goal against Brisbane Raw at Seymour Shore Park because okay. um, I'm pretty sure Prinny laid the ball off for me and I finished it. So, so um, that's my guess. We'll, we'll go with it. We can't. It's your, yeah. it's your, it's your goal. Uh, who who are we to challenge you, <laughs> the scorer of the goal? <laughs> exactly. Guys, we, we've no I'm idea. not entirely sure, but <laughs> one of three. You're so. more sure than one us. That's for sure. <laughs> It's for sure. Um, Teresa, obviously this season's been different. You're not, you're not playing. We, we've all enjoyed watching you play football. You've been a loyal servant to the Sydney FC and played some great football. But how have it, how's it been like stepping on the other side and being doing a lot more media stuff? Yeah, look, um, it's obviously a different perspective for me. Uh, obviously, you know, really miss playing. But um, at the moment, yeah, life's a bit different and, Priorities have changed for for the moment, so um, yeah, I've taken on a new sort of role in the game. Um, one that yeah, I, I I didn't know was going to come. It, it was quite a surprise, and um, yeah, I took time to sort of think about it. And looking back, and me even thinking about it, I can't believe I even thought twice about it. So really loving doing some co commentary. Uh, and um, having a seat on the couch of, of Dub Zone too, it's been really, really fun. Is the best part about Dub Zone putting Teo in his place when it comes to Sydney FC slander? <laughs> Look, I, I can't say I, I don't love that. It's uh, it's very satisfying, um, <laughs> and I am flying the Sydney flag. Um, yeah, but no, it's it's been a lot of fun, and it's always daunting, you know, going up against Teo because he's just full of so much knowledge. So. I have to come prepared, 
Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Well, I was just just thinking back to the conversation about when did that when did that goal that includes that iconic commentary actually happen? Between the four of us, we're not sure. I'm pretty sure Teo would absolutely sure he, he would, would absolutely sure. oh, know. He would, he would know, and I don't know if he was calling the game that I, I scored my first goal in. So that's why I'm thinking that wasn't Teo. The third goal I scored was a free kick. So I'm trying to kind of do the process of elimination there, and I'm pretty sure I've got it. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know how you. I could sort of check. Yeah, I haven't got any recordings of it or anything. We trust you. Oh, we. Maybe we'll get tail. Maybe we'll figure it out. Some one time we do a radio dub show. We'll we'll go through the, each of the goals and we'll figure out when these games are actually. <laughs> Teresa Palai's goals. Oh, Taylor will know. He'll know. Taylor will definitely know. So we'll yeah, we'll, we'll ask him when we see him next. Well, Teresa, you spoke about how exciting it's been to you know step onto that other side and, and be involved in the media. I guess just looking at the bigger picture, there's obviously been so much more media coverage given to the A-League women's competition in particular, and you've got programs like Dub Zone and a lot of new new voices in the commentary booth. I guess, how have you seen that whole development of media with the A-League women's? Yeah, it's been great and a real step in the right direction. Um, you know, I was thinking from my perspective as a player, if, if we had Dub Zone in my time, I'd be loving it. I'd be watching it whenever I could and as long as games didn't clash and um, so, yeah, it's definitely a step in the right direction and um, it's what the game needs. Um, you know, we need honest punditry um, and I, hopefully it's something that, that continues and just gets better and better. And we have, Teresa, seen a few examples in, in recent weeks of members of the, the Liberty A-Leagues, you know, playing, coaching staff, engage with some of the material that comes now, not least the... Uh, <laughs> Combined Sydney, uh, sorry, Big Blue Eleven graphic that dropped a few weeks ago in the uh, in the lead up to that game that uh, Anta Yurich's side ended up winning resound- resoundingly. Now you did not put together that graphic. Maybe your Sydney FC predilections, you know, forced you to, to step away. But what what did you you think when that that graphic first uh, popped up? What did you make of uh, of Grace and Kath's selections? I saw the graphic and look. I respected it as their opinion. That's great. Everyone's entitled to their <laughs> opinion. Um, I, I was going to comment on it with my own 11. I, I didn't for whatever reason. My, my daughter probably started crying or something. Uh, so, yeah, I, I didn't end up uh, putting my own out. In, in hindsight, I kind of wish I did um, just to show that um, just the reaction from from people. People got a bit upset by it. Um and uh, I guess maybe a third opinion would have shown that, you know, this is really is based on opinions and, you know, not everyone might have the same opinion as you and that's totally okay. Um, you know, I put out the half-season uh, team of the year so far and didn't get too much backlash about that. I got a bit of flack for not including Cote Rojas, uh, which, you know, is, is again, fair. It's fair and, um, you know, but I did what I did. Um, you know, if I did it again, I, I might be change it. Uh, every day I was sort of chopping and changing, but no, it was great to, you know, get reactions and um, you know what? And it sparked a lot of players, which, hey, maybe it proved the point. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I think that we need more spice in mm. the in the dub. I think that we just need, I want to see more players' personality. I want to hear pay, players go, I'm the best, this is, you know, this is my territory. I want to see people compete for to be the title of the best. But Theresa, besides Sydney FC, because I, I know they've been very impressive this season, what other side have impressed you with their play and have impressed you with their development throughout the season? 
Look, obviously, Western United have come in, you know, their first season and uh, they're flying. They're absolutely flying. And um, it's been impressive to see in an established league, uh, although it's it's changed in the last couple of years, the composition of the league and the types of players going around. But for them to come in and, and um, you know, reach top spot and then maintain top spot has been so impressive and uh, you know, the player management um, that Torcaso undertakes and uh, recruitment has been really, really impressive. So um, credit to them. Uh, you know, they, they had a couple sort of uh, stumbles uh, in a couple rounds, but bounced back against City on the weekend um, really impressively. So I've been so, so impressed with, with Western United this season. On that subject of of development, I know Pakua promised to to go away from Sydney, but I, I want to dip back there just for a second because you, you talk about the development improving in leaps and bounds, and someone who really springs to mind for me this season is Sarah Hunter, someone who you know before you guys both were at Sydney FC was someone who actually correct me if I'm wrong, squared up to you during a, a New South Wales NPL game <laughs> yeah. when you were playing for Olympic, and I think she was at at the Institute. But she's filled one of the, the midfield slots that's been vacated by yourself. What what do you put her sort of um, rapid development and improvement this season down to? What is it about Sarah Hunter that, that has made her, um, you know, such a, a headline player this season at, at such a, you know, relatively young age? Yeah, she's been so impressive for Sydney and uh, she's always had the talent. That's You can't d- deny that. Uh, that's undeniable. But, um, you know, coming into to Sydney has been a great move for Sarah. Um, you know, she she's had a great run with the young Matildas as well. She's been to a Youth World Cup now. Uh, to have that experience under your belt at such a young age is, is incredible. And something that really impresses me about her is her confidence for such a young age. Um, it's something I wish I could have had a bit more of in my game. Um, and it's something that's, you know, she goes out with this air of confidence every game and, and scores, you know, when the team needs it and, um, you know, isn't afraid to, to be brave and, and try new things and uh, take risks in good areas uh, and it pays off for her. So, um, you know, she's, she's obviously got all the groundwork as a, a youngster. She She built, you know, a great talent in the fact that she's uh, very good on the ball, very technical player, but having that confidence to go alongside that um, is hard to come by at such a young age. So, yeah, I've been really impressed with, with her rise in, in the Sydney team and she's she's at a good place. Um, she's in a team that complements her style as well and um, they're the only ways up and I'm sure we'll be seeing her on the international senior stage uh, in the near future. And Teresa, obviously slightly outside of the club playing bubble now, and we speak about Sarah Hunter, but I guess I was just interested in how much, if at all, of a relationship you have with particularly some of the young players coming through in the competition. Is that something that you try to do to maintain those connections and try to have an influence on the field whilst also doing your work off it? Look, I um, you know, I was part of Sydney FC for, for a very long time, so you know, anytime they want me involved with anything, I'll, I'll be there. Um, you know, I love the club and I, I want to see the club succeed uh, forever, to, to be honest. And um, look, they're, they're all a lot younger than me. The, the girls at the moment, I always felt like, you know, the old duck around that group and a bit of a mum. Uh, and now I am a mum. But um, 
I don't uh, personally know um, a lot of the girls now very well, um, but I, I do remember um, Sarah Hunter joining the team and, um, yeah, I've sent messages here and there to, to, to players that, you know, just encouraging them. And um, there was a funny article that came up with um, the altercation Hunter and I had during the NPL and we just had a laugh over text about that. Um yeah, and that was a nice little video, and she said some nice words about me. But yeah, I'm, um, the girls know of me. Um, I'm a huge supporter of the team. I always will be, and I want nothing but the best for that group. Well, look on the subject of things that are, are changing rapidly. I mean, once you're a, a mum to a playing group, now you're a, an actual mum, as you as you point out. And you know, once uh, at one point, not not all that long Look, ago, I don't know where you're going. Not all I that. Really sorry, land. let me finish. <laughs> not all that long ago, the Liberty A League season would would be over. Instead, we have um, a, a bunch of new games. Obviously, that's it goes without saying that that's a, a massive, massive boon. What do you think the biggest benefit is, though, to to the extension uh, of the season we have this year? And of course, it's it's going to go one better next year as well. Yeah, look, there are so many benefits. I don't think it's just a matter of taking the best one out. I think all these small benefits sort of combine to, to just, you know, make it the best thing and the, the thing that the that our, our system needs the most is, is um, people, you know, getting more game time. And if you look at the most recent Young Matilda squad just announced a few days ago, um, you know, going down that list, you can see that, that uh, most players are getting good minutes in the A-Leagues and, um, that's unprecedented. We've never seen that before for our youth team. So that's the beauty of, of the, the way that the A-League, um, the Liberty A-League is now. Um, and, you know, next season there'll be two full rounds as well. So the, the more competitive minutes, you know, you get as a youngster under your belt, obviously, you know, the sooner you, you build on your experience. And, um, you know, the best teams when it comes to, crunch games, the teams with the most experience come out on top. And, um, you know, when we're talking international, stepping up becomes a lot easier as well. So um, all these small but important changes are, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things are are going to contribute to positive changes in the game as a whole. But also it affords that window for for teams who at this point their seasons would be dead and buried to to chase something that otherwise – wouldn't exist, and and that is very much the case, or at least it seems that way at the moment for Canberra, who broke a, a pretty long hoodoo that they had against Sydney FC. Sorry to bring it up, but it's no, just. So uh, look, why do you try to? Why right. do you try to put the, the guests in that kind uh, of spot? What are we sorry, doing? I'm just I'm <laughs> just li- I'm back. just listing an objective. I mean, it did happen. I'm just li- <laughs> see Teresa's defending me. I'm listing an objective fact. Uh, do, do you put much stock in in the potential for for Canberra to break into that top four? It feels like. You know, they've changed from a team who are at their nadir to a team who are red hot in a couple of weeks. But, yeah, all of a sudden you've got them and Perth sort of uh, chasing a top four spot. Do you think either of them are likely to grab it? Well, first of all, that's a great point you raise about, you know, giving um, all teams an opportunity that wouldn't have had the opportunity in, in the old format. So, yeah, a lot of teams by this point were dead and buried. And often a lot of those teams are actually hitting form. So, um, yeah, look, with in terms of Canberra, um, they've had an interesting run. I remember watching them against Newcastle and they looked brilliant and, and unstoppable. Then they had the two thrashings. They caught two thrashings and we were going, what, what is going on? And then they beat 
you know, arguably the best team in the competition. Um, you know, so definitely I think they can make a, a finals charge if they can keep that form going. They they desperately need points. They are in touch. Um, Brisbane are also in touch. Um, uh, you mentioned uh, who was the other one? Uh, Perth. Perth are making a late surge with two games in hand as well. Emphatic win over the Jets. So, um, you know, there, there are a few teams that are not mathematically out of it and they're hitting form at the right time. So, yeah, I wouldn't rule any of those out. I mean, it's called the Chaos League for a reason, isn't it? We love Chaos League. <laughs> <It is. laughs> yes. Obviously, there are so many benefits and we've spoken about them from having the extended season. I did just want to flip the coin slightly and ask whether you foresee any challenges coming for, for the playing groups in particular having those longer seasons and how much of a role do you think that will play in these next few weeks as we see this kind of unusual length of a season? Yeah, look, a few issues are the, the leagues now overlapping with uh, other foreign leagues, for example, the US League. So you're seeing players, um, you know, starting uh, the season with teams and then having to leave for their respective pre-seasons. Uh, for example, the US, the NWSL um, start pre-season and they're actually requiring certain players to be back for that. So we're seeing, um, you know, players like Alex Chidiak now having to leave her team. Um, and there's, there's been a few other, I think Chloe Legazzo is going to be uh, heading back to, to her team. So there are issues like that. Uh, we do need to lengthen the season. And uh, unfortunately, um, you know, for, for teams that are losing players like Chidiak, um, like that, that's a huge thing for them. And uh, I don't know what the solution is in terms of that. Um, but yeah, something's, I guess, got to be sort of worked out because, um, you know, long term, we don't want that happening. There maybe Teresa, there is for you yeah. one slight disappointment about the extension of the season, which is that it's going to be a lot easier for someone to to come and take your your games record. Is is there not a tiny bit of you that's just like, oh? <laughs> now look, I never set out to sort of break that record. I'm you know so privileged to to hold that, but um, yeah, look, it's there for the taking, guys. Uh, you never know, I might make a comeback to. Keep, keep my name up there. But no, in all honesty, it's there for the taking. It's it's only positive that, you know, uh, the league's extending. And, um, you know, I wish I could have been part of a, a – I said it every season, I wish that there were two rounds at least. So uh, I'm happy that it's finally happening. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, that record's there for the taking. Well, just saying, Teresa, Alex Chidiak, on the way out, you know, victory might need a, a new midfielder. <laughs> ne- never say never. Never say never. <laughs> that to me today and I, no, that's, that's absurd. I, I'm not on the Chids' level of, you know, creativity. Um, no, nah, she's on another level and, um, no, nah, just, yeah, it's a, it's a bit too far gone for me at the moment. But, but the barrier there isn't playing for Melbourne victory. It's, yeah, it's, it's the Chids comparison. Oh, yeah, well, you know, that's the other thing. Um, <laughs> I couldn't see myself in, in any other jersey than Sky Blue and certainly the Sky Blues don't need me. Um, they're, they're, they're flying high and it's good to see youngsters like Shay Holman coming in mm. and absolutely tearing the competition apart. So, um, yeah, if it's not a sky blue, it's nothing. I see. We 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 love the loyalty. We do love the loyalty. But before you go, Teresa, because it is, it's we have to ask. You know, we have to ask a serious questions here on Radio Dog. And mm-hmm. obviously, the serious question this week is: What is the, the most? What's the song that you have to you play for your kid that you are like, I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm done. Like, are we? Oh, is it Coco Melon music? Like, what's the things that you're like? I'm done with it. 
you know, it's this lady called Miss Rachel okay. on YouTube, and the babies are absolutely mesmerized by this woman. <laughs> she is brilliant. But everyone I've introduced Miss Rachel to has said, like, they hate me for it because I guess in their words, she's just completely annoying. But um, my daughter absolutely loves her and see her seeing her face light up when, like, I don't like putting the TV on, but there's certain times, like, if I'm chopping an onion, you know, got to get her out of the room. So um, but seeing her face light up, um, it is just, it's a joy to see. So, yeah, Miss Rachel's uh, helping me out a lot. Okay, so Miss Rachel, maybe. <laughs> I'll remember that next time I'm chopping an onion. That's perfect. <laughs> to get rid of anyone, Miss Rachel's the go. <laughs> well, <laughs> Teresa. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and speak to us. We really, really appreciate it. I hope we hope to have you on another time. For sure. For sure. For sure. It's certain, right? For sure, guys. For sure. Uh, For sure. Yeah, I'd love to come back on. It's been a, a pleasure joining you all. No, really appreciate it. We will head to a quick break and then right after the break, we'll chat a little bit about the games on the, over the weekend. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute And uh, thank you for joining us for Radio Dub. If you just if you just joining us now and you missed out on our wonderful interview with Teresa Polias, that's okay. Because you know what, you can catch us on Spotify and all the others. All the others. <laughs> you know why? Or like every. This we're not a Spotify exclusive, by the we way. Are, because we are just no, has we our preferences. A, no, we aren't a Spotify exclusive. But the problem, if Spotify wants to make us an exclusive, we'll most certainly take that. But um, I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> uh, she's kidding. She would turn it down. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no, please, please, no. Um, but what I was saying was that it's because I only have Spotify on my phone. Even though I have like an iPhone, I only have use Spotify. So it's weird for me to talk about all these other platforms. But we are there. Lucky you, do you use Apple Music? I actually do use Spotify as well. I just, I just like to be considerate. Oh, see? Okay. Yeah. So, wow. Available there as well. So if you're a loser like Oscar, yes. you can use <laughs> Apple Podcasts we as well. We are disrespecting the gigantic company that is Apple. If you would also like to make us an Apple exclusive, exclusive go for it. So true. So true. So true. We being beggars. Is that what's happening right now? You might be. I'm not. No, I not. prefer to be a chooser. Exactly. So. so, no, you know what? We aren't beggars. But let's talk about women's football. Because it's really important. And we Let's really like choose. That. Let's choose to talk about, about that because we like that here and mm. we think find it really, really important. Some really fun games over the weekend. Yeah, I'll tell you what wasn't fun. Yeah. Um, nice. Well, it's it's. I'm very conflicted coming back to this show because it's great to be back. I love talking to the three of you. Three of us? Sorry. Three of I us? I do like talking. Oh, well, oh my was- God. <laughs> the ego what? on this one here, Oscar, yeah? The ego on this one. No, I was actually just like he missed talk- hearing his own voice, voice in, the like- mic, in the headphones. Like, oh, I want to so say nice. no. but I've had this for ages. I, I want to say no, but I was referring to Teresa before. Um, or at least I think I was. I Are you what- adding Teresa as another co-host? Can- sorry, some of us just want to talk about the games. Yes. Some of us just okay. want to talk about the games. themselves. Yeah, go on. Conflicted because love talking to you guys. Or two of you, <laughs> or two of you, and Teresa, who was on before. But but one of the, the great things uh, of recent episodes, because when it's been you and I on, is is discussing our our respective rankings in A-League Women's Fantasy. Sorry, I haven't looked at it. And I'm top of the private league. Stinker. 
I've I've usurped you and Teo to the top of Am the I league, third? but I've dropped out of the top 100 global rankings. I, I was haven't. at 30, and I'm out of 100. I, where so I? I actually don't know. the games were great, but my fantasy performance. Oh, oh. I had a stinker on the weekend. Like so Sydney FC losing just it, it ruined. It ruined Mackenzie Hawks being being out was not nice for mm. my, my score. But well, anyway, should, should we should we start? Can I say something really quickly sure. about that? We were supposed to have an episode after I we me and Lockie faced off one on one, like faced off. Yeah. And I had won, and we had a guest on, and that guest unfortunately wasn't available. And I just feel like I need to take this moment to take that win because mm. I. Well, no, I'm top of the league, so no, who you cares? Are, you are, but that week, Oscar, I sent Lockie a message, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like to him, I, Kayla Morrison, Kayla Morrison, uh, her score is gonna, it's gonna, it's not gonna be enough for me to to win. It's negative five. It was negative she five. It no wasn't exactly. It's gonna take. It's not gonna be great enough. And then. Naomi Chinema said, you know what? I'm going to have the performance of my life. Yeah. And I had resent this message and I came through with a ex- sensational, oh my God, words, sensational win over Lockie. Mm. Lockie's on top now, but don't worry about it, guys. I feel kind of like one of those teams that is just a, like extremely cheating their XG though, yeah. because I'm top of the private league, but if you actually rank it by points scored, I'm, I'm fifth. So I feel like I'm... I'm I think I'm my highest point scored. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You are. I'm very good. I'm you're the highest up. highest ranked uh, player in okay. in you're the highest ranked player in what is officially TNC and Friends, yeah. the top league oh, in the it? world. It is the highest rank. It is the number one league. Damn. In A League Women's, the whole of A League Women's fantasy. I'm very so good. So we'll give ourselves on a, a, a yeah. pat on the Let's back. Let's talk about women's football. Oh, well, I want to talk about. Sorry, the the reason I brought up who let me down on the weekend and having too many Sydney players is I want I want to talk about that game. Because, I mean, Canberra got a win that, I mean, did anyone give them no. a, a shot? No. I mean, Ch- Charlie's rule didn't even didn't even give them a shot. But that's fair. But I like that. I like that. You know what? Because, because before that game, that is a fair statement. That is most certainly a fair statement to have, to have made about Canberra and then to have made about Sydney themselves. To, to think that Sydney – I wouldn't – I would never overlook a, another team. I don't think that's – that sets you up great, but Canberra were poor. Like they have continually, they were, they didn't even look like they were unlucky to lose by the margins they lost. They were bad, and Sydney have been really, really good lately. So, but this is the the, the weird the weird thing, and uh, as Oscar said before, why the league right now is is such a chaos league. Two weeks ago, we were talking about Canberra experiencing one of the darkest periods of their history. They lost five nil to a team that had not won all season in the Wellington Phoenix, which was a shock. Yeah. was a shock. They then lost 5-0 to the league leaders. That's maybe a little bit more forgivable. But it was 10 the goals margin, conceded. Though, the margin was they were quite lucky as well in the game. It could, so, it yeah. could, you are right. It could have been a lot a lot more. They didn't score. and but, but you say that's what we were talking about two weeks ago. Four weeks ago, we were talking about how great Canberra were and yes. how Canberra were making a wonderful can, charge so, so, Can somebody the explain to me? I want somebody, I want somebody to explain to me what's happening with Canberra because I don't know if they're good because I was, I was firmly on this train and like belief that they were a good team. I think they are a good team, but I cannot explain those two losses. Like I, Your confidence was I, shot yeah, by them. I was, I was like, I don't get what's going on. I mean, I, I, if, if I think one of the reasons perhaps is... is Sometimes Canberra can be maybe a little bit too reliant on some of the older, more experienced, you know, Canberra heads to get the job done for them. I mean, a lot of the games where they have had good results, you know, it's been 
someone like an Ellie Brush or a Michelle Heyman who's popped up with something important. They're also maybe a little bit top heavy. Okay, they do but, do but have. You can make those comments. But my problem with that, but but how does re- over reliance on experienced top heavy players lead to two five nil losses? I'm confused. Uh, well, because they're not not always no. going to pop up with a goal that changes but the game. Like Michelle I... Heyman scoring inside four minutes against Sydney FC changes that game. Like, but they looked all at sea. They looked. Are you saying that Cameron need an early goal to not become I'm not, all at sea? No, I'm not saying it explains away, but like sometimes a goal. What does change a game? Oh wow! And and players <laughs> and like star players will pop up yeah. with that sort of thing. I will, but I I think it's it's a top okay. heaviness issue. The I defense will ask is you suspect. This, I will. I think the defense can be suspect. I will ask you this question, okay? If you think about Canberra's best eleven, where do you think they rank in the league? Best eleven, because I think it's pretty high up there. I think offensively, you know, midfield and 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 attack, they're right up there. I'm not so sure. I about think the... Chloe Lincoln's a great goalkeeper. I'm a big fan. I think she pops up and makes some. She makes saves that I don't think some other keepers in the competition would necessarily make. And for an 18 year old, I think that's very impressive. So, so I get like I get your criticism about their defence being shaky, but I certainly reckon if you would look at their eleven, they might have one of. If if we were like next year in the finals, I think they're comfortably in the finals. Well, if they played at their yeah, their well, Canberra at their best, I feel like have a strong claim for being kind of best outside the top four, yeah. at least kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, what do you make of you know Adelaide United and those kinds of teams? But you know, I, I would agree. No. You go. I was, I was just going to say, but but I would agree that at their best, with all their players fit and firing, they're absolutely right up there on the edge of the top four. Okay. Would you would you say that Canberra's best eleven on paper is best and better than Western United's? Less no. on paper. No. Okay. No. I was just asking. I I, I think Western United also. No, I I, just, I, I think Western United not only have a better squad, but they are also maximising. They yes. don't have a better squad than the other teams in the top four, but they are maximising. Have a much more complete squad than Canberra. Yeah. They, their defence is brilliant. But but, but Western yes. United are also maximising what they, they have. have at their disposal. Absolutely. I don't know if Canberra. Well, clearly they're not doing that as consistently, but. I mean, the actual performance aside, I wanted to tap into the actual numbers yeah. going into this game because it had been five years since Canberra beat Sydney FC. Like, yes, they got back on, on track with that win over Newcastle, but we know Newcastle, uh, talk about teams who are all at sea. Uh, we'll, we'll... Newcastle beat Western United. Mm. Which, uh, Newcastle, I mean, at the, Newcastle at the start of the year. I was I was having a lot of fun. With you them. were riding I was, high. <laughs> I was having a lot of fun with that team, and then I mean the fact that we can't form a consistent yeah. consensus amongst the three of us about quite a few of these teams shows how much of a chaos league it is. But they hadn't been Sydney in five years. It was one thousand five hundred and thirty-two days since their last win Who against did the Sydney. Math for you for that one? Uh, they're not. I don't need to name check them. <laughs> and during that time. Hadn't scored for nine hours. The combined score tally of all the games during that time was 17-0 in Sydney FC's really? favour. Yeah. Wow. This was a, as bogey as a bogey team can get, Maybe that's why really. Charlie's rule felt pretty confident heading into the game. Yeah, quite, I, quite I, possibly. Yeah. I do you feel that's a misappropriation of the term bogey team, though? I don't think that's what makes a team a bogey team. Like, isn't a bogey team a team that you're not expecting to necessarily lose to, that you keep losing to, or that doesn't always add up? Like, it makes sense that Sydney have been... 
one of the dominant teams for the past five years, and that's that's a that's a nitpick. I'm going to be honest. I mean, it's a semantics thing. It's a semantics. Are you guys getting in beef in like the first show you guys have done together in the first little while? I I should have let it go. It just it bothered me when you said it, and I just I had to bring it up. But do you think that says anything? Changes anything about the way we see Sydney? That loss. Without no. Mackenzie Hawksby, they against a Canberra side that I think they probably should have beaten, even without a player of her quality, who I think has been one of the best so far this season. I mean, you. I don't think you can really like the absence of Mackenzie Hawksby. Is it is a huge one. I mean, she's had a r- ridiculous season. Better than it last year. I mean, not to start with, but yeah. she's 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 definitely getting towards a place where I think she's as good as her form was throughout last year. She didn't start that way, but she's getting there. But I mean, I, I do think the 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 opening goal happening so early, I think that really startled, stunned Sydney yeah. FC because it was a I and mean, it was a brilliant goal from from Michelle Heyman. I thought it. I thought it was. Yeah, I think it was a good take. I, I was I, when I saw it, I. I questioned uh, if Jada Wyman didn't see it, like when it left her boot, mm. because 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 Jada, like Jada Wyman, she obviously does her first game back from injury. I think that if Jada Wyman is like fully fit, and I'm not saying that she's not fully fit, but like more confident after coming back from an injury, I think she makes that save. I I do just want to go back, though, to your point, your question about whether this changes our perception of Sydney. I think that the couple of games prior against Victory and against City where Sydney went rampant and scored nine goals across those two games and looked really, really good, I I think that there may have been a slight... uh, Not to risk the wrath of the likes of Ante Juric and Teresa Polias, but but I, I wouldn't... I feel like there was a tendency to read too far into those results and that Sydney have, you know, reasserted themselves as the dominant team in the competition insofar as I think that those games where they got ahead early and they were able to hit in transition, which is where they are at their best, and you've got the likes of Courtney Vine and Princess Abini running into space, I feel like those really suited them and that enabled them to kind of go on and have those really good performances, whereas if they don't get that kind of initial game state advantage, then it's harder for Sydney. I'm not saying that they can't still win, and they usually still do. I'm just saying that I don't think that the gap between Sydney and, let's say, the rest of the top four was as big as it appeared for that for do those couple of weeks. Do you think that's the thing that stopped them? Because for Sydney, you know what you, you'll get from Sydney. They are a very reliable team. They play a very particular type of way, and they score their goals. They are... They are a very safe and reliable team to pick, and I I like them because I know what I'm going to get from them. Do you think that this is the reason that some sort like the finals have been such a issue for them, and and getting over that final hurdle, that inability to to sometimes assert their dominance early on in those sorts of games. Well, and especially when you've got those finals games and the the situation is different, the atmosphere is different, the feelings are different. I think it can be harder to kind of have that same you know, fast start that Sydney often have and that really puts the opposition team on the back foot. I will say, though, I think that Madison Haley has been sensational <sighs> for the now. past few weeks. I do want to go back to that. She's been great. And, you know, I'm not saying it's since she was, she appeared on Radio Dub that she's been brilliant. Be, I'm, I'm just saying that it's it's awfully coincidental that she's turned into... I would argue... We were having this discussion off air as to whether Madison Haley's the best striker in the league. Do you reckon, what do you reckon, Lockie? Do you reckon she is? Hmm... 
I th- I went. I think that it's Hannah King. I also think that it's Hannah King. And I, I totally it, get it. I do. I'm just. But I just. I the, uh, my. Well, this is a great way to did, head on. Oh, go sorry. Sorry. Did, sorry. Just as an uh, an aside, during that interview, did were you guys aware of Madison Haley's lineage, like yes. her, her parentage? We I, asked about you it. You know that I love the okay. NFL, and you think I would allow Madison Haley to come on the show and not. Just be say my little bit of disappointment. Well, I just sorry. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, no, I because was, I just I feel I like not her, enough people are talking no, about. I made, what I made a, it. I made it, that is. I made her aware that I'm not going to hold it against her that mm. she her dad played for the Niners and the Cowboys, two teams that I can't stand. Because go pack go. But speaking of Hannah Keen, who we were talking about the little while ago before we made that transition, another person who appeared on Radio Dub and yes, has been brilliant. Yes, and ever you since. can listen. You can catch that on Spotify and everything else. Um. Western United, comeback win. Spotify and everything else again, really? <laughs> yeah. Western United. And Apple Podcasts. And Melbourne City. Comeback win for Western United. What did you think of the game, guys? What did I think of the game? Well, I mean, Teo Pelizzari during Dub Zone described them as the, the, the comeback queens, uh, Western United, and I think they've they've earned that earned that moniker. Um, it, it's really fascinating because you sort of compare and contrast this come back against Melbourne City to the previous one and obviously the lead into that game, Western United are multiple games undefeated. They've got Jess, Mc, Jess McDonald. They have Chloe Legaza whose cameo is instrumental yes, absolutely. instrumental in securing that win. And you're coming into this game, they've you know, they've lost a couple, they've lost to the Newcastle Jets in a game where it wasn't like an unlucky lucky loss. They looked really bad. They yep. looked really, really bad. And and you're thinking, <laughs> you know, they don't have those people who were the orchestrators of a, a big win over City last time. I'm not necessarily giving them a, a lot of chances, but they did. Yeah. They, they did. They 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 gave. Um, you know, it was a it was a competitive game. I don't think there was too much in it in terms of no, the so which I team. The, I think the first half, City absolutely dominated that game and, and Western United found it really, really difficult to, to get out and create anything going forward. They had maybe one or two opportunities, but that was cut out really quickly by the City defence. I think City let them back in this game. That pass from Sally James to Emma Checker or that attempt of that pass put them at a really unnecessary position and get and allowed Western United a foot back in the game they should not have because Western mm. Mel- Melbourne City in the first half, Riley Henry, Chelsea Blissett, uh, Hannah Wilkinson, they had opportunities to put multiple goals behind, um, past them. And Western United, the one thing that's been – that centre-back partnership with Cummings and Cern, that's been like relatively solid throughout the entire year. That's yeah. kept them in this game, I reckon. Yeah, 100. I and mean, that was a huge difference from the game against Newcastle where yeah. obviously those two players didn't start together as well and that did make a, did make a difference. But I do want to touch on that, the Sally James situation or the the the, the error. It's not just her error. It's no. a it's a it's a combination. It's a it's a, co- it's a combination of people um, that that lets Western United back into the game. This is a huge concern for City. Yeah, this is a really really big concern because not only did it cost them probably three points on Saturday afternoon. But this is not even the first time it's happened. They have conceded quite a few goals, and it's a conversation topic that other people on other programs have picked out as well. As they try to pass out from the back, it's arguably one of, if not their most vulnerable areas in terms of conceding goals. I 
don't think – I think it works for the team to play from the back and I understand what they're doing. I think the problem they have now, though, is that the lack of movement they have up front means that they hold the ball for so much longer than they need to do that because when Cote Rojas was there playing off with Briley Henry at the start, they were constantly moving with her and Polichini they and were moving all the time. So there was always a pass to be found and they were creating creating shapes on the on the pitch. But they've become almost static with Hannah Wilkinson up front. Because she she I don't think she's particularly her skill is holding up the ball or things like that. They are trying to find these passes that are just not there because they're not moving because the centre forward that's not the way she plays the game and I think that Dario it's Vitesic, become more of a a channel yeah Dario front Vitesic line. is still yet to figure out what they what needs mm. to be changed in order to fix uh, that but this uh, is the thing I actually agree with you Pakur when you were saying that 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 first half that was the best I think Melbourne City have played under Dario Vitesic. they actually looked a lot more dynamic with the ball but I, I, it's the paradox of I know they lost the game. But the first pass was like, I haven't been convinced for the reasons that you're saying of the way that they can't actually progress the ball. There's a lot of passing it between the centre backs and then maybe we'll try pass it out wide. And Rihanna Policina is the only one who's often providing that creative outlet. But we saw so much more than that in the first half. We saw yes, Julia but- Grosso getting more involved. We saw, I thought Hannah Wilkinson played her best in a while because she did do the things that you were I, talking I about. I will say that I think that um, Caitlin Torpy and Grosso, they try to be inverted at times. Mm. They try to come inside. And, yeah. and I think that that's a thing they need to try use more For sure. to be more effective. Well, that's so much of how they progress yeah. the ball is through those wide areas and they were so often not involved enough in the game. So to actually see that change, that was the most promise I saw from them. Yeah, I, I think that if they, they need to you know, work with the inverted fullbacks a little bit more and see how that gets them. Because, because Grosso going forward is actually like a threat and Torpy has got her passing in the other, like the opposition half is, is some of the best in the competition. Mm-hmm. So they're players that they can use. And I w- I'm st- we're still waiting on when Cote Rojas is back. I can't, I'm yeah. not quite sure. They what, need her back. Yeah, they need her back. And Holly McNamara is coming back also. I just... That'll be a big yeah, addition. I, I think that I want to know if it's possible to have Hannah Wilkinson drop deeper to come and collect the ball and, and see if she can get that to a game where she can play out and there's a little bit more link up. Because they they are they becoming very static and yeah. their weaknesses have been their weaknesses for a, a while. So yeah, but the, but they're especially prevalent against a team who are really yeah. who are organised defensively. Yes, like I don't think it's uh, I, it's funny because we're talking about like uh, Sydney and Western United. Arguably, their biggest problems this season have been playing against. Uh, I mean on paper, inferior opposition teams lower than them on the table who will just let them have the ball and and, and not necessarily allow those two teams to have have the ball in in, in situations that they would like to have it, like to attack it. For for City, it's almost the, the... like it's almost a, an opposite kind of problem. Like they, they want the ball. They're happy to have it in any kind of context, but it's it's against the, the teams who are... Yeah, at their level, the teams oh, they're competing oh, with who are the ones that, that give them problems, and that the defensive organisation of Sydney and Western United, I think, has been a big key why they've been you know beaten in in both of those or against both of those opponents. I do just want to make one more point, which is that because I know you and I have been huge on Caitlin Torby for a while. She's sensational. Yeah. She she's is. been brilliant again no, this is. season. She doesn't get a lot of talk, but she's so important to City 
was last season, is this season. She's a brilliant player. You two are pointing at each other now. So <laughs> I'm pointing. Really I'm pointing on. at this because I remember last year. I remember last year, Pakil was she, she was sitting right where I'm sitting now. She had a notepad and pen, and it was it would have been the early days of Radio Dub, and she was trying to figure out who she should put in her A League Women's oh, yes. Team of the yes, Season. I didn't this, and she was scrambling around. She had a billion different names on this this you know piece of paper that she was trying to refine down into an 11 and she's like right back right back right back what do i do and i walked into the room and i was just like here we go i I walked into the room i shrugged my shoulders and went it was caitlin torby yeah no fair that's fair it took me too long to figure that out i will i thought that that was gonna be a credit to pakua you were gonna tell a big story about how pakua knew the whole time but no this is this is Lockie coming back with his ego i'm saying that i'm saying the genesis of the caitlin torby Appreciation Society, yeah, three members present. present yes, it, it it was formed in this room. It was this is my team of the season, and I didn't know that's what you did. But yeah, I, then no, I accept no, your no, point. You yeah. weren't a thing back I, then, Oscar. Whoa. Oscar, you Oscar, thing Oscar wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. Oscar, don't get offended. Whoa. You know it's facts. I am offended. Be honest. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with There's independently exactly. coming to the but same conclusion as me, Oscar. I, okay, I want to just quickly pivot to Western sure. United because obviously we talked about the deficiencies of Melbourne City, the reason why they've lost they lost this game, and and that that allowing them to allowing Western United to get back in this game. Hannah Keane scoring her tenth goal of the season. What do you think? This do you think Western United are back on track, or do you think that? This is his comeback deserved. So, what what do you think? Uh, I mean, I don't think. Did we learn a great deal about Western United in this game necessarily? I think we learned one really important thing, which is that they can still win without Jess McDonald, which I know sounds obvious, but they've struggled since but they've she left. they done that before. They did that with the, the first game after they, they won. But then they looked a bit lost. Yes. It looked. I, I felt that they would struggle to adapt without Jess McDonald because she's so good and was so important in those I games. Am. And when they weren't playing well, she would get them out of jail. And so not having her, I think, has held them back. So I think that I, I think they're a worst. There's no doubt they're a worst team for not having Jess McDonald, even though they've recruited worst is such brilliant. A strong word. I don't know if I like you using like. That. Okay, they're not as good of a team. Inferior. Yeah. They're, an, they're they're a less good team on account of not having Jess McDonald, even though they have recruited brilliantly as well. So I, I'm in. I don't have the answer to how that will pan out across the course of the rest of the season. Whether they mm. can maintain their status as the top dogs. Mm. I mean, I think X's and O's wise, it's not necessarily like we don't take it yeah. take too much out of it. Western United are a team that have clearly uh, a, a really solid resolve and a very good character, and that's why they're allowed or able to motivate themselves to these comeback wins. It's not a surprise that they can function decently and and keep at bay a team who like to have lots of the ball yeah. and, and recycle possession. For me, I don't I don't look at these games necessarily, the big games, as the test. I feel like it's they've proven themselves in, in these kind of fixtures. I look at two weeks from now at the number two sports ground between Newcastle, Newcastle and Western United. They're yeah. playing that team who, <laughs> despite being I so will... poor either side of the game, did beat them pretty comprehensively on the scoreline and on the park. That's the test. How do Western United attack those games and get results? Can they show some improvement there? I will give them a little bit of leeway on that game because they made so many changes to that squad. And they made so many changes at halftime in that game, which I don't think those substitutions necessarily made them better 
than they than what Mark Tolkasa would have wanted. But my concern about Western United, I, I still believe in them. I think they're a really, really good team. And I, I think having resolve now is really important when you get to finals because there will be really difficult moments, especially for a side that have never been there. You establish those, you know, those habits now, it will serve them well as the, the season progresses into the latter stages, right? And they can solidify their top four spot. My concern about them has been at times in those two losses that I saw, I saw Hannah Keane coming back to drop deep to come and collect the ball, which I think is one of the things that makes her a really great footballer and really valuable to Western United. But my issue was I wasn't seeing enough movement on the wings with who, like whoever they chose. Was it Carly Johnson or, or whoever they decided to play? And I'm not like just picking on Carly Johnson. I just can't remember the, the other wings at this current stage. But I wasn't seeing enough movement. And as soon as Hannah Keane was getting that ball, they were losing possession like almost immediately because she wasn't having an outlet pass. And when Jess McDonald was there, it was always somebody for her to link up with. This game, they, they, they stepped up and they, they got the win. Do they have the players needed to, to be linking up with Hannah King right now? Take a deep breath. And do well, not, I mean, I'll say, yes, they do, okay. I think. I think it's harder. Yep. Without Jess McDonald, but I, you know, I mean, they just beat Melbourne City over the they weekend, do. who are absolutely right up there with arguably being their biggest competitor. I mean, they're second on the ladder. Yeah. So it's but with Sydney, do with have Sydney having games, games in hand, albeit yeah. yes. So like, yes, of course they do. It's just a question of whether that's as sustainable as it was with Jess McDonald. What do you think, looking? No, I, I, I agree with what Oscar has to say, but also it's kind of a moot. Well, to moot yeah. point, I mean, who are like this is who they've got. Yeah, they can't go and bring someone else in. I don't think they have dispensated. Like, I'm not sure they're allowed to bring in a second, no. a second guest marquee. In fact, I don't think they are. Yeah. So, you know, these players have to be the, the players who can provide that foil for Hannah Keen because there is no one else. I mean, I I think that, um, I think potentially Carly Johnson is someone who. I think she's a player for the future. That's that's my. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like she's she's developing. She's, having, she's no, not she, no, absolutely. And I, not expecting Jess no, no, Jess no, no, McDonald no, level no, not, output and, and from that's not her, what I'm, but that's certainly not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I think, um, you know, she's a player that for the future. I I think the Western United going. This is a player that we want to continue developing and is going to get better. I, I she's definitely not at the full set of her capabilities as a footballer. And I'm not just picking on I'm not picking on her. She's just the first player that I can remember. No, I don't know. You seem to hate her for some reason. I don't. I certainly can't hey, I do not. I most certainly <laughs> do not do not let that man put those words into my mouth. That is not the case. Uh, I like all women A League women's footballers players and I want them all to do well. Uh, but talk about do you want to talk about there's like there's a few more games over the weekend, but I think that that a big result was the draw between Brisbane Raw and Melbourne Victory. That yeah. draw, it's for Melbourne Victory, they're fourth at the moment in that top four race. Alice Chidiak is on her way out, going back to Louisville. Yeah. yeah. So they are, if they're probably, I know I said last week the Western United were probably the biggest ones who most likely to fall out, and you said Melbourne Victory potentially could be that. And it looks like with the win to Western Victory have found themselves in that position now. 
are they going to stay in this top four? Right? Are they going to stay in top four? I mean, if if I were them, I'd be I'd be pretty bloody worried. To yeah. be perfectly honest with you, I mean, the squad is still is still a solid one on paper. You know, they will they will welcome players back, but Chids has been. But she's been the 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 you know alpha and omega for them this season. Like she's 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 been there everything. You're like, touching biblical terms. What? No, <laughs> I'm just. What? I mean, if if there's a player in the A League women's right now who she deserves to be who deserves to be referred to in biblical terms, I mean, I think Alex Chidiak is right up there. I mean, Jeez. what is it? Five goal, five goals, six assists. Do you know this she season wasn't due a goal this week? Because if you actually look at the the black the the order. She there's been like a game between every ga- every goal that she scored. So and I think that she scored the week before, so she wasn't expected to consecutive score. penalties, right? Yeah, yeah. So she wasn't expected. To but score like that's score. that's a an immense output. Yes, that is an immense output. Considering all like her past in terms of like goal scoring in the dub, this has been by far her best goal scoring yeah. season. It's been phenomenal. Yeah, she it it's that the absence of a player like that has the potential to leave a, a colossal vacuum in this victory side. I mean, I put the question to you guys, and this is what gives me the this, the concern, I guess. Who is the player that steps into that void? It's weird. Cause the goal-scoring void is filled by Melina Ayres. Yeah, well, yeah, so that's 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 okay there in that aspect. Cause but who, who can be that... It's weird. ...creator sure. and step in and last, hit the ground it's running? So, it's so strange for victory in this position because... Two seasons ago, Kyra Cooney-Cross was that player in that midfield and she did a great job. She had a breakout season that's culminating in that the goal in the final. And then last season, Chids came in and Kyra Cooney-Cross was trying to find her feet playing alongside Chids, but Chids did so great. And Kyra Cooney-Cross, I think she found her way as the season kind of progressed. And now they, don't have, they won't have either of those players. So I, I'm not sure, I, I don't know if... There's not a player that automatically comes to mind. So I think it's going to be more of a collective efforts this season as opposed to an individual ta- uh, player having really like brilliant moments. Not to say they haven't been a great collective team over the time because they have and they've had key players in really big positions. But this season it's going to be a bigger team effort. I'm, I mean, oh, wait, oh, my God. Ooh, Look at you. Wow. This, is, this is why I don't have three. Yeah, teething issues. <laughs> right, yeah. It's a crowd. It's too, it's too many. Too many cooks in the kitchen. No, I was just going to just say that I think uh, – well, now I can't remember what I was going to say. I was going to say that I think victory's saving grace may be the fact that to drop out of the top four requires a consistent, strong finish to the season from one of Canberra, Brisbane, Perth. And none of those sides have demonstrated a capacity to consistently win. Now, that's not saying that they won't. I mean, Perth have won three in a row. That's true, but that's That's about as consistent true. as you yeah. get. I, I, I accept and that has changed. And we had Alex last week. He, he made us more confident. You know that. I, I agree that I think that if any of those sides is going to nip into the top four, it would be Perth Glory on the basis that we're talking about, that they've shown the most consistency in recent times, although that has only stemmed following a period of many... Uncertainty. Much uncertainty. So... That that could be the one thing that saves victory is is the only thing I was going to put out there. I, mm. I'll say that if we, I we us three on this pod we're big fans of Alana Murphy and Paige Joyce. We mm. think they're really really good players. Could we see with more consistent? Even though they have had a lot more consistent minutes this season than they have in the past, 
could we see those guys, if they have to take that role, could we see them make that leap? Can it's say- a short turnaround, though. Jeff Hopkins is a coach as well. I think that he he has shown a capacity to adapt in the past. So that that will that is there is hope there. And as you say, there is young talent. I think Ava Breedis is another player yeah. who oh, hasn't yeah. been given yeah. the opportunities that that would allow her to really take it to the next level so far this season. And maybe that would change now that Chids isn't there. I mean, it's 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 probably one of those three and that's the the point I was going to make before is you, you look at those three options who were on the bench on the weekend two of them came off on one of them didn't those are really the the three likely options you almost if you could combine all three of yeah. them together I think you could get you Alex Chidiak <laughs> but but individually it's it's a lot harder because I, I think Murph has got that dynamism in terms of her ball carrying ability but I think she's a lot better served doing that slightly deeper but also because she reads the play exceptionally well um in in my view well I actually never saw her play at Langwarren but yes contractually I must mention every time I say Alana Murphy that her I didn't know you were mates Murph all right yeah go way back to Langwarren Anyway, hey, if you're everyone from Lang Warren, family, it's family. <laughs> we call everyone Murph at Lang Warren. <laughs> That's family. just what we do. Um, Paige Joyce, you are. Th- Paige Joyce has definitely got the passing range to be, uh, 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 and the, the technical ability to be a player who racks up assists from the 10 spot, but I don't know if she has uh, that, that, yeah, dynamism yeah. in her sort of, um, like, carries, progression. Yeah. That that Chids it has bit, it can be it's a bit reserved at times. Her, mm. her play can be a bit reserved. And I, I think I think Breedis has, has has got that, but she's still she's still raw. She's yeah. a little bit unrefined. She's still really really young. If if you took all of the best bits of those players yeah. and made them into one, then you wouldn't have any concern about so replacing then I think Alex Chidiak. It comes to a situation where where I and I think that Jeff Hopkins, you know, obviously, I think that this probably something that would work for his side. Is it just depends on who they play. And it depends on who they're going to need more to mm. step up in that game because. But it will have to be one of them. Yeah, because... it will have to be one of them. One of them is going to have to make a really big leap, um, and I think it serves them well. That they've they've played minutes this season because I think last mm. season they weren't playing as consistently. There there were games mm. where they just weren't coming on at all, and they've been a lot more consistent minutes and staggered. So the growth is. It's there this season that can be seen. Can I throw a little? Now that I've just said it, should be one of those three players. Can I throw a little just pebble into yeah, the into the water? Um, pebble into the water. I I I know I know, <laughs> I know Goad has been re- wow sensational. No, we're all. I was on literally going to say this. We're going. I know Beatty Goad has been really really good she's on the. Great. She's been really good on the left, and she is naturally a, a left sided player. Could she be the one? Who does fill that void centrally? Maybe you pop a, a Zoyce or Murphy couldn't do it, but Breedis could. Breedis can 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 Maybe, slot yeah. potentially on a wide position, and and Goad's the one who who she shoulders so that good. creative. I, I was literally going to smack that point, tongue in cheek, to be honest. Although Betty Goad does have a career of playing in a whole bunch she of different positions, she yeah. can do anything, and she's been so good this I season. I think that she's she's been one of. It's weird to say because she's a Matilda that like. She, her like she's been one of the biggest and best surprises this season because like of like how high she's gotten in the football. But she it was a it was a bit of a like a slow start and the, but the, but the victory side had a slow start naturally mm. as a s- entire squad. But this season 
her and Chitz have been so consistent and so reliable. Even in games where victory haven't been great, they've both been like phenomenal and mm. like have moments of brilliance. So potentially she could. That's like, an feel option. That. I think. I mean, I think that's also just kind of the way you interpret BD Goad or how BD Goad. She's not. She's not a. a she's not, not a religion. Text. <laughs> no, no. But like the 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 way you you know the way she she's she's someone who gets her head down and just does the work. Like yeah. she doesn't. She's caught, a, she's you know, a, headlines uh, I mean, or attention. No, that's a, that's a, she just does her job. And so I think that's why of, she's been underrated a for a while. Of her qualities that like, and I think it's the same thing about um, a, a few players in the competition. They just seem to work really, really hard. Like they, they may not have like one thing that they're like great at. You know what I mean? That you're like, oh, this is phenomenal. It's the best thing I've ever seen. But they just do all the little things right and all the basics and it makes them really hard to look past because because some players some players in ninety minutes will will, will drop and they just won't they, they won't be there for twenty minutes you won't realize they're there but these these sorts of players who are just constantly working doing the little things are really important for sides and I think if if victory have enough of that and I think they do have enough of those players who just kind of worked really hard and be to go to spectacular that can get them, maybe can see them through to, you know, top four. Yeah, I, I think they're, I think they'll still make finals. I think, I, I still think, you know, it's the boring answer, but I think the top four now will be yeah. the top four it is by the end of the season. The order might change a little bit, um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't see it yeah. changing from, from the current, the current makeup. But if there is a team that would be the most concerned okay. about the race that's to come, it, I think it would definitely be victory yeah it would be and sorry miranda templeman co-host of the show no, if, we, if you're yeah, watching no. for me miranda, miranda, casting miranda, doubt miranda, over you, your club's finals i, I just want to say this i just want to say this miranda templeman her penalty saves spectacular mm. honestly came in in a really tough situation in that sydney game but made obviously one of them went in after but two really big you know penalty saves two, and, two. who makes two penalty saves, saves in a, in a game Oh, Curto, but. <laughs> but other than this weekend, yeah, but no. Uh, you know, sorry, just a random fact about um, that: two penalty saves, well, three penalty saves in a game, in like Opta's recorded history, which goes back to I think two thousand five. Now, in the whole world, it's only happened twice. Was that, that was the third time. Uh, I think in who Germany it happened once. Cares? I don't know exactly, but three penalty saves in one game. Yeah. It's only happened two other times. Well, this is a women's football past. podcast, so you know we'll I stick know. to that topic. Um, we'll hit just one, just well, briefly, just a little briefly. Perth Glory, 4-0 oh. victory over Newcastle. Radio and I, and dub I, bounce. And it's I just, a thing. honestly, and I just want to really say. Is. but But Sydney did lose, so I don't know if it's like, you know, technical bounce. Yeah, okay, that's true. But what I will say is that. I want to speak about that game because Perth, are obviously, as we've spoken about, probably the, the side most likely to make the top four if they, if you know, if all things well went their way because of the games in hand. But I want to talk about the goals because there was some of the best goals that I've seen throughout oh. the season. Really, really great goals. Yeah, I mean, I think two of the four goals in this game were, you know up there with the top five goals of the entire yeah. round. I mean, I, I I just really wanted to start off this sort of uh, unpacking of this game by saying two things. Um, the first one is, you know, I just love watching 
Sierra Hinson. Yes. Just do her thing. She, I just think she's a great, great player. Um, and to see her score some absolute rippers was um, very pleasing, even if she does do that uh, does do that often. And also, Izzy Folletta. Yeah. Mm. Big what a find. No, big find. What a big find. Her assist against Western United a couple of weeks ago was just like, what? She's that was been insane. Excellent. She's been excellent. The the cavalry that Alex Aparkas has has called on after some unfortunate injuries to replenish this squad. I mean, the results show you, but the performance is even more so. I, so it has paid dividends. I think that Perth like have went through a really like the start of the season wasn't great for them. Like we can all, I think we're getting into this season. I think we expect a lot more from Perth and from Perth and Adelaide especially. But when they're firing Perth. They have some really great young talent, mm. like some like. I mean, it's, it's you look at the squad on paper; it's actually pretty it's good. It's a pretty good side that like, and a lot of their players are so incredibly young that are doing things that you're like, wait, how is that like? How are you guys doing that? And I think that, I think a lot of credit does need to go to Alex Parkers for for creating a system that these players are able to flourish in and and do really really well. And I'm a big, I'm just. I believe in Perth, even if they don't make top four this year. I think that that comes down to the start of the season mm. not being great for them, but they have, if they can continue this kind of wave. But you do kind of wonder, obviously they wouldn't necessarily have brought in some of the players that they have, but like if Riley Bayston doesn't, it's a sliding yeah. doors moment. Like if she doesn't do a, her, AC, her ACL, they have that kind of downturn in form. They go a really long time without playing a game as well. Which but I is, think it helped them I, I, to reset as a side, I think. You know, we well, after about, that, that yeah, we spoke about that. The, the loss of that player, I, th- I think it, um, I think it, I think it certainly has. And you know, in terms of the sustainability of Perth, and we spoke about, do they have the capacity to keep this going? I think the thing that works in their favour is we spoke to Alex Parkers last week. That's not the thing that works in their favour. The thing that works in their favour <laughs> I mean, is what some Alex would Parkers say that it does. <laughs> the, the thing that works in their favour is what Alex Parkers said, which is I really liked how much, and I know it's kind of what coaches will say often, but you know, I really believed him when he was talking about you know, not thinking about who they're playing or what they're playing or kind of the outside noise and being in incredibly internally focused. And I think that that's really powerful, particularly with a young group of players, to get them kind of thinking about the process and the system rather than, you know, the the, the noise coming from out from elsewhere. Mm. Yeah. You go I do just want to flag. Their, their run home, mm. Brisbane, Western Sydney, Adelaide, Wellington... Melbourne City, Sydney FC, Brisbane. Those two games before the, the two, final one? The two games back-to-back, you know. That's well, tough. Like really, that, really th- tough. Those will be hard, but the rest of them. They're all winnable, winnable games. games. Winnable games. But, winnable but, but games. in saying winnable games in the dub can also mean incredibly losable games. In, That's true. Is that a word, losable? Losable is games. It, is it a word? If winnable is, then losable, losable is. is. But yeah. We'll go with that, sure. Um, but no, let's talk, just a quick thing on Newcastle. I know they lost this game like 4-0, but... The first half, they were a lot better than I've seen them like throughout this like season. They mm. were a lot more composed as a side. Defensively is a big, big issue. And with Sarah Griffiths leaving as well, mm. it takes a big yeah. hit to their, their attacking prowess. But, yeah, it's It's, it's, it's funny you should say that because I actually thought I actually thought after the Canberra game a couple of weeks ago, a game they also lost on the scoreline very convincingly. I mean, I actually thought in the first half they were pretty good in that game. That, I think that was their first game under under Gary Van Egmond, and they 
it looked all right. He's, like, he's but it was a very it was a very competitive game. Yeah. It just happened to be that 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 Canberra scored. Half time happens, and then it was a it was a little bit different thereafter. But yeah. between the first half in that game, the Western United win, and according to you, because you saw more of the game than I did, the first half against Perth. It looks like a pretty depressing couple yeah. of weeks, but I think there's definitely some green shoots some, there. Yeah, they've got if they are able to bring back uh, Sarah Griffiths and Murphy Agnew next season, because I I think they're great players, and I think that if Newcastle aren't getting them, I think anyone in the dub would be very happy to get them, especially sure especially Murphy Agnew. I think such a smart and intelligent player, and, and does a lot for Newcastle, even though even when they're really really struggling, I think. I just want to see Newcastle play a consistent brand of football and fix some of the defensive issues. I know they conceded four goals, but they they conceded some really great goals that in other games maybe don't go in. I just want to see them defensively be a little bit more stable and just less so yo-yo effect with them as a side. And then we'll see where they go from next season and see which coach they bring in as the permanent and uh, head coach and what ideas they're going to bring to the side. It's a funny thing as well, isn't it, about the whole of the dub? Is we're like, oh, X team needs to shore up their defence, but also as neutral observers, we get, get goals. goals we get flying. rippers. <laughs> we get rippers every week. We get high scoring games. Do we really want the defences to tighten up all that much? I get <laughs> that's to what I'm prioritise attacking recruits. That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see. But uh, there's no dub action this weekend. No. Uh, we got the Matildas coming in on Matilda. It's that's on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, their first game against Czech Czechia. 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 So that should be an exciting game. And so my lawyer told me to say. Yeah. <laughs> God, <it's> so annoying. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yep. Go on. Yeah. Um, so yes, we will see that game on Thursday, and then there'll be the whole Cup of Nations. Some great games between Spain, Spain are playing, Jamaica are playing, Czechia. And, the and, Australia, and Australia, that, that is, yes, that is it. Four, that so is all important. four teams. That's all four teams. But the Matilda's website says Czech Republic, just by the way. I, I but I do believe I saw it somewhere that. That's, okay. So I want to get that. You can take that up with the Matilda's I'll lawyers. Take that up with us. Uh, but no, thank you everybody for joining us here on Radio Dub. It's been a pleasure. And Lucky, thank you for coming back. We, we, I think that this has been one of our best, personally. So I, I you know, I can't wait to. That's back. good. I mean, it's your show, so anytime you think You're it's so it's good, I'm glad. I base my opinion of myself solely off the good, opinion of good. others. Of course. So glad you enjoyed the show. And his opinion of himself is like goes through a deep process, yeah. like every single day. It's exactly. constantly self reflection. Lucky, you've been great on the episode. Self analysis. You've been great. Thank it's been you. great to chat to both of you. And everyone wants to praise me. That's fine. Well, thank you for having me on, <laughs> Bakua. You hosted yeah. exceptionally today, Bakua. I try my best. Yeah. And we want to thank Teresa. We'll Paul. talk about Oscar later. Yes, we'll talk about Oscar later. I uh, want to thank Teresa Plyce for coming on the show. We really appreciate speaking to her. And she's been a great. We've loved hearing her talk on Dub Zone and her with co-commentary. She's been one of the best and one of the breakout stars of the 2021 we still love that breakout star in 2023, Teresa Polite. We, <laughs> we talk about people flying under the radar, BD Goad being under it. Teresa Polite. She's on the radar on this show, yeah? In, she's in the intro and we gave her a pump up. No, but we appreciate her coming on the show. Thank you, guys. We will be back at some point for another edition of Radio Dub and it'll be fun and uh, you should join us again. Thank you very much and bye for now.
pick. He lays it off. Teresa Palacios. It's an absolute.